Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Ready to triple your creative production speed? Seltra is a software for scaling creative and content in the cloud. In Seltra, brands can create and launch all the variations they need for successful campaigns. More at Seltra.com. That's C-E-L-T-R-A dot com. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast. We talk about marketing, media, technology, pop culture, because in the end, everything is an ad. I'm David Greiner. I'm the creative and innovation editor for Adweek. And I'm Ko M. I'm the community editor at Adweek. And David, it is September. Yes. It's a, it's a big time of year for us. <laughs> it is. We have our premiere event coming up. Wow. Time has flown. Um, this event will be reimagined um, as, as a virtual um, really just masterclass of sorts. Um, so uh, I know you have a big role at, at Brand Week, which will be taking place um, September 14th through 18th. It's called Brand Week Masters Live. And who is the master that you will be speaking with? Man, I got it uh, pretty lucky this year. I mean, we always have very cool keynotes at uh, Brand Week, which is usually held in like, you know, some sunny and beautiful location like Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. I think this year it was supposed to be in Miami, which would have been nice, but uh, but no, it's going to be fully remote. And I will be speaking to Adweek's 2020 brand genius, a man by the name of Ryan Reynolds. Nobody knows him. No, it's just obscure <laughs> marketing talent. Uh, no, it's like, you know, we have had several well-known celebrity kind of brand visionaries, uh, Chrissy Teigen. Um, but uh, but typically, you know, it's, it's, it's rare that a true marketing mastermind is actually well-known beyond kind of the halls of advertising. Uh, Ryan being the you know, definitely a notable exception. Uh, he's not just one of those celebrities that puts their name on a product or has a little vanity thing that they run. You know, when he purchased Aviation Gin, uh, which famously, as I'm sure he will get into uh, during our talk at Brand Week, uh, he was just on a shoot uh, and he kept ordering Negronis at this bar and he asked them uh, what the secret was. And uh, found out that it was this gin from Portland, Oregon. And so he ended up talking to them about investing and buying it. And the work he has done marketing that, building that into a brand, the marketing's hilarious. If you listen to this podcast at all, you've probably heard us talk about it a lot. And, um, but the, you know, he built it into a really tremendous brand and ended up selling very recently, selling aviation gin to Diageo for hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. We're also going to have Dwayne Wade, uh, obviously an NBA star, uh, but who is now working with the agency CAA uh, to kind of build out his own division of, uh, you know, of the marketing and talent agency uh, to 
basically try to fill a big gap that he saw and that his team has seen in uh, in marketing and the way that uh, multicultural marketing, youth marketing, that basically he just felt like there were huge gaps in how the marketing world speaks to young and diverse audiences. And really looking forward to that. I think I've met Dwayne Wade in, in passing thanks to marketing weird run-ins. Uh, and he is just an incredibly smart and uh, really fascinating guy. So look, looking forward to both those. And I don't know, there's like 70,000 other presenters. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, I have also met Dwayne Wade, um, you know, for his uh, documentary. Very humble, uh, genuine guy. So I'm looking forward to his and uh, your conversation. We added a fifth day, um, and that includes, you know, really the, the talent track, the career track from um, a lot of top marketers giving advice, um, including uh Antonio Lucio, who is leaving Facebook as a chief brand officer, uh, Musa Tariq from Airbnb. He had a wonderful talk previously about finding your North Star. And Jabari Hearn, who also um, is leaving Lyft as VP of brand, and he's going to really be talking about kind of mentorship um, and how he's diving into that. But the um, week uh, will be free for those who are currently unemployed or furloughed. Um, Google is presenting, um, you know, this extra day. Uh, so for people who are really going through this really tough, tough transition. So um, you can find out more information on our site um, about the event and about the application um, to to get a complimentary ticket. Yeah, so, I think it's all at, all yeah. at brandweek.com. That'll, that'll get you where you're going. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just browse those speakers that, you know, it is, uh, even if you, uh, have to pay for a ticket, I think it is more than worth it. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of virtual events going, but man, this one is, uh, very VIP and, and I would say, um, quick props to our events team. They obviously mm-hmm. have had to do, as any of you listening to this who work in events, which many of our listeners do, the pivot that they had to, to do, uh, for an event of this scale, uh, is really phenomenal, and I think it just says so much about our team that um, the Brandwick lineup ended up being so incredibly cool and, and very diverse and really packed with fascinating voices uh, kind of at the top of their game right now. Uh, and uh, and you get to see me interview Ryan Reynolds, so it's got a yes. little of everything. So you know, yes. head, on over, head on over to brandwick.com, check it out. Um, and uh, if you have any questions or if you need any news to point you in any directions, just reach out at podcast at adweek.com podcast at adweek.com. We're going to be talking about this even more next week because we have a great article coming out uh, from Terry Stanley, our colleague, about Ryan Reynolds and about his marketing efforts and why we have named him this year's brand visionary. We're going to have a few other cool previews of stuff to come in Brand Week. So more to come next week. We just wanted to make sure everybody had a chance to register if you're interested, check it out, and uh, and yeah, see what you think. But uh, but but now we've got so much else to talk about, right, uh, Ryko? <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about fall TV and how really the the industry has had to pivot also. Uh, We're going to take a quick break before we come back with our TV editor, Jason Lynch. Stay with us. 70% of marketers spend more time producing digital advertising content than they like. Don't be one of them. Find out how creative automation can help. Learn how at Celtra.com. That's C-E-L-T-R-A dot com. Welcome back, and we are now joined with Jason Lynch, our TV editor. Jason, happy fall. Hey there, guys. Happy to see you. And yes, happy fall to you, even though it's crazy to think that fall is here. <laughs> Sadly, it is. Uh, people have been watching 
a lot of uh, TV broadcast and streaming and OTT. Um, you have been tracking, uh, you know, what the networks have been doing um, from, you know, the conversations uh, leading up to the upfronts and then leading into this season. So what have you been hearing and reporting on? Well, you know, it's interesting because usually every every September I'm here kind of talking to you guys about about fall TV and what the big shows seem to be in the fall and what everybody is kind of most excited about. And, you know, the truth is this year we, we kind of don't really have anything like that um, because most shows have continued to be shut down due to the pandemic. Um, even, you know, shows, some shows are starting to to resume filming over the next kind of weeks and months. But as a result of that, a lot of them won't be able to be back in late September, which is usually that traditional premiere week as the fall kicks off. So, you know, usually there's like 20 some new shows, 30 new shows debuting in the space of seven days. And we're not going to have that this, this year. Um, you know, the, the networks have basically been forced to cobble together uh, pandemic-proof programming um, that is a combination of shows that they were going to either air last mid-season or this summer that they kind of delayed until the fall. So a lot of ABC game shows. Um, Fox had some mid-season shows last year, including a soap called Filthy Rich that they saved for the fall. And then also several networks picked up shows from other smaller outlets. The, you know, and, uh, NBC back in the must-see TV days used to infamously market their uh, their reruns by saying, if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. And it's kind of like that. that's the same approach this year, where um, a couple people have, have picked up shows from Spectrum Originals, which is Spectrum, the cable company. They have a, a, uh, a slate of originals that um, if you don't have Spectrum cable, you've never seen before. So a couple of those offerings are making their way to broadcast this for this fall. And, um, and then beyond that, you know, they're, they're taking some shows from other, other countries and, um, and also running, rushing some unscripted shows back into production quicker. But it is, um, it is just a very unusual fall season. I mean, we, we've said this year that everything is like nothing we've ever seen before. And it, that certainly applies to fall TV, where the fall TV season is going to be like nothing we've seen before. And a lot of networks are saying it will probably be November, January, February, until you know your favorite scripted shows, your favorite broadcast scripted shows, are able to be back on the air. And again, this is all assuming that that we won't have any further shutdowns this this fall um, and that these shows will finally be able to start to get back to production and make new episodes. But um, but we, we, we the, the fall is still a very big question mark and and fall and beyond when it comes to the broadcasters. So, so tell us about some of the shows. Uh, the, there are several big ticket shows that um, you know that people have been hoping to come back. Um, some of the, you know some of the biggest ones in previous seasons. Were they able to salvage any of those? The the big dramas, the the big kind of evening, uh, you know, competitive the the mass singer stuff. Uh, any of those able to come back? Well, they they will be coming back eventually. Uh, mass singer will actually be back on. Um, it will be back kind of in in the normal time slot. In uh, on September twenty third, it will be one of the the first shows that's able to come back. In part because unscripted shows shows are able to kind of it's easier to turn them around and fill them film them remotely you know in the spring you know the voice uh american idol those were shows that were able to kind of figure out a way to continue remotely um so mass singer has has also figured out how to do that uh there's going to be i think a sneak peek episode airing um 
on Sunday, September 13th, and then they're going to the, – the series is going to debut on the 23rd. So that will be back. They're actually pairing it with another – Fox is pairing it with another music challenge series called I Can See Your Voice, which Ken Jeong is going to host that as well. So again, like I was saying, you know, uh, Unscripted is able to come back sooner. That said, though, the bigger scripted shows, the networks are doing what they can to kind of promise people that those are going to be back soon. NBC released a fall schedule that has – their big dramas, This Is Us, uh, the three Chicago dramas, Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Law and Order, SVU, all coming back in mid-November. So this is them kind of trying to say, like, yes, these shows you love, we will figure out a way to uh, to get them to you. Um, I know Grey's Anatomy is uh, starting production shortly after Labor Day. There's not a return date on that yet. But the networks are kind of doing everything they can to try and get these back, uh, to try and expedite the return, but also do so in a safe manner. So um, so the shows, the broadcast shows you love most likely will be coming back in some form. You're just going to have to wait a little longer to see them this year. I feel, I feel like there there were some early quarantine TV hits. Um, you know, your, your Tiger, well, Tiger King was, was quarantined. It certainly <laughs> like, was, yes. Yeah, I mean... You know, the, and, and I'm I'm just curious if the, if you have noticed some late quarantine. I, I hope we're in the late quarantine. <laughs> like, but if you've noticed any that uh, in the last few months that we haven't gotten to talk about much, that have kind of been those those later quarantine hit shows uh, that you might not have seen coming or that have uh, gotten your attention. Well, you know, I will say one most recently, which my colleague Kelsey Sutton just wrote about, and this is this is a show that's near and dear to my heart because I wrote a cover story on it about two years ago, which is Cobra Kai, which was the um, that that premiered as well, what was then called YouTube Red. It was their their kind of subscription service was quickly changed to YouTube Premium. But um, earlier this year, YouTube Premium kind of decided to get out of the scripted series business. So they um, they had already ordered a third season of Cobra Kai, which is this really fun and great Karate Kid uh, revival uh, update series um, starring Ralph Macchio and William Zabka. And uh, so anyways, they they kind of gave the, the, the show permission to shop itself around to other um, other suitors and Netflix was able to snap it up and they premiered the first two episodes last week. And um, and it's been the number one show on Netflix ever since. Um, so and then they will be airing season three kind of later on. So I think it's still you know proof again that Netflix does what Netflix does, which is kind of gives these shows that have maybe been on other platforms and didn't get the audience that maybe they should have had. They suddenly get a boost here. So that's something late. But but um, but in general, you know, it, it's it's we even though the pandemic is still going on, we fell back a little bit into like the typical summer. Um, summer thing of, of, of kind of not really focusing on TV that much, especially in August as people are like, you know, working on getting back to school or maybe, you know, doing their vacations. So there wasn't as much that, that have popped during, uh, during August, except for my favorite show of the year, which is uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO, which is just spectacular. Um, if you haven't watched that yet, uh, that's definitely worth a watch. It was uh, produ- it's executive produced by Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, but more importantly, created by 
um, Misha Green, who also did a great series called uh, Underground about the Underground Railroad, and um, and that's been that's just been incredibly fun. So that is that is definitely my that's my pick for uh, for the best summer show that you should be watching if you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that that's been that that's been terrific. I'm going to be polite and not make Co suffer through another 30 minutes of me talking about uh, Lovecraft Country after last week's episode where we edged. The tables can turn because I'm going to mention The Bachelorette. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> um, because that's also returning as well as a reality series. I'm so curious how it'll be different, including, by the way, circling back to Dancing with the Stars, Carol Baskins was announced that she yes. will be competing. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, so we'll be so Dancing with the Stars is coming back in its normal time period in, in early September, and I, I know the Bachelorette is also coming then. I mean, it's 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 also kind of like I was saying before about how unscripted shows are able to more easily pivot during the pandemic because I think people understand the production challenges at hand, and you know, you will will make it work the best way we can. I'm still not quite sure how that will work for either of those shows, but for scripted, you just can't do that. Um, we saw those one-off. We saw a couple one-off episodes that were kind of produced during the pandemic, um, and that makes sense for for you know just kind of like one episode. But it's hard to do an entire an entire season of something that way. So these other shows have to figure out a way to resume production and get people get people kind of back in the same room, albeit maybe you know a little further apart than they had been before. So um, it's going to be a really interesting experiment uh this you know as as we go throughout the season to see what is able to to have you know what, what is able to kind of pull it off which shows aren't and and just what these shows look like when they make it to air right especially because you know part of the bachelorette is you know the hometown visits and the big kind of trips right. around the country and they have a big production set so you know i know i've slacked you about this before about how the korean kind of game shows and the comedy uh, routines, you know, everyone on set, they'll show behind the scenes of people in masks. And then it seems like, you know, whoever's coming on as a guest or the host, they all just get tested. And, you know, you forget that there is a world out there that doesn't exist uh, or a world inside that doesn't exist with masks. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and, and, and the other question, especially the scripted shows are gonna have to struggle with is, do we incorporate the coronavirus into our storylines like do kind of you know do 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 are we a world if it's supposed to reflect reality are we going to reflect that do people not want to see that do they want an escape um so it it'll be really also fascinating to me to see to the extent to which some of these shows do or do not choose to incorporate the pandemic um into their their storylines for the upcoming season you know something this is a little off topic but i can't stop thinking about it lately is like we are going to spend 20 years from now, we're going to be looking back at photos, videos. This is this year is going to be such a a moment in time where all you will have to do is look at any photo and you will know that that was 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I hope none of us have to wear masks or do any of this other stuff after 2020. But it's like, I just keep thinking about this because like even my kids, if we're out, my kids will be like, Let, let's make sure we put on our masks before we take any pictures. Like if it's just us, even if we're just out in the middle of nowhere, because they're like, I, I don't want to be in a picture not wearing a mask uh, because they don't want to look irresponsible, which is awesome. But, you know, it's just one of those things where like, 
it's going to be such a defining moment. And yeah, I'm sure some TV shows, some things will factor it in. Or if anyone ever has a flashback scene, <laughs> like going back to 2020, <laughs> everyone's going to be wearing a mask. We're like, what was going on that year? I don't know. It's just, it's such a, such a strange time. <laughs> I mean, I, I fall, I fall, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn. Cause like part of me is like, yes, I want people to capture what's really happening. Um, and the other time I'm just like, I want things to go back to, you know, when they were. But to your point, David, you know, you look at photos of the influenza of 1918, 1919, you know immediately, you know, what time that was. Um, unless, you know, you're in China and you wear, wear masks for pollution anyways. Yeah. So one thing I did want to talk about is streaming services, which, uh, as you mentioned, we do have a, a full-time streaming editor uh, in Kelsey Sutton. But uh, the... I'm fascinated where you stand. We have had such a proliferation and such a glut of streaming services that we have talked about on the show, but it's been a while. And so I will say the only thing that's really changed in my personal consumption is I did sign on with HBO Max um, not too maybe a month after it launched, uh, which and you can tell us if this has changed. It ain't easy getting on that thing. Uh, because if you use, uh, and again, tell me if this has changed, but like at the time, I don't think you could access it via Roku or Amazon Fire TV. Uh, so I had to sideload it onto my Amazon Fire. And I, I don't even know if you can do that with a Roku. Uh, and same with getting some of that stuff onto like Amazon tablets or anything. Uh, but I'll say HBO Max is amazing. That, that is a, a hell of a service, and I have been very happy with, uh, you know, kind of just the sheer volume and quantity of stuff that I can, I'm nowhere near going, you know, I, I've barely put a dent in that thing of the content that I right. want to watch. But, yeah, so what's your take on, on kind of the, the status of those streaming platforms now? Well, you know, the, the biggest issue with with the two new, uh, the two of the newest entries, uh, HBO Max and then uh, NBC Universal's Peacock, was, as you mentioned, the, the lack of... Um, the lack of, of, of kind of having a platform uh, on Roku and on Amazon Fire. And that is present that is preventing both of those because those represent just such a huge footprint for kind of the OTT space. That is really uh, preventing both of those sh- uh, both of those streaming services from kind of getting the sampling they certainly would hope to be getting at this point. So that is an ongoing um, battle between you know Roku and uh, and and Amazon and those respective platforms for uh, for for you know getting space, coming to terms on that. It has a lot to do with kind of you know advertising cuts, although HBO Max doesn't have advertising right now, and kind of what tier those things are offered on. So that is you know that that is still a work in progress there. But the other big thing that affects both of those platforms as well as the industry at large is that about a month ago. Both uh, Warner Media, which is HBO Max's parent company, and then NBC Universal underwent seismic corporate overhauls, corporate exec overhauls, and in both cases, they have really reorganized and uh, recentered their respective companies, um, putting streaming at the center, and also really putting the same people in charge of programming streaming as program linear broadcast cable, um, you're really, you know, you're really, everybody talks about breaking down those silos. They're really trying to do that um, in the TV space. And as a result, I think for both of those, the message is very clear now that our best programming and our biggest focus is going to be on these streaming services. So, um, 
I think especially for scripted, premium scripted content, both comedy and drama, you're really going to see that funneled, the best of the um, of what's available funneled to the streaming services now. Um, whereas, you know, the NBC Universal, for example, cable networks, you know, your USAs and your Bravos and your E's, you know, maybe we'll see unscripted content there, but we're really not going to see um, them having the scripted presence that, that they used to have. And, you know, in my mind, I think that's going to accelerate accelerate the cord cutting trends that we are already seeing because you know the these companies are, are saying listen streaming you know our best stuff is on streaming and that gives you less incentive to continue to subscribe to cable so that is kind of the big and i think within the next year we are going to see the fruits of kind of these reorganizations you know start to um start to play out into the content that's available on these streaming services and um i think like within a year and also cbs all access viacom cbs's streaming service is also going to get a big overhaul next fall i mean next winter that's also going to make it very you know kind of like the, the centerpiece of that media company so you know, it really seems now that all of these um, streaming services are going to be bulked up significantly, I would say, uh, over the next year. Oh, man, that's that's fascinating. Well, before we are totally out of time, uh, Jason, give us one, I don't know, I, I won't say necessarily obscure, but give us one show that you think is not necessarily on the high-profile radar of most TV streamers, watchers, viewers. Uh, what do you think people should check out uh, if they're looking for something to catch up on or try out new well, I, w- I will actually give you a preview of one thing that is coming next. Well, actually, I, I keep saying next month, but we are in September. So it's actually later this <laughs> month that I am personally very excited about. And I'm actually eager to um, dive into the streamers for the, the, the uh, screeners for. And that is the upcoming fourth season of Fargo, which is going to debut on FX on September 27th and will be available on each episode will be available on Hulu the next day. So if you rather just watch it on Hulu. You can do it that way. But um, I was at press, Winter Press Tour all the way back in January, uh, you know, before the pandemic. And and Chris Rock, who stars in it, was there. And Noah Hawley, who made it, was there. And, you know, we saw the first episode and it was very promising. It was very exciting. And then um, they weren't able, you know, they, they weren't able to finish filming before the pandemic hit. I think they've resumed filming, so they're able to get the last few episodes in. But that is in in, in a, a fall, as we were talking about, where there is kind of be a dearth of like kind of you know great programming in the fall. Um, Fargo is definitely one that uh, I'm very excited to uh, to spend some time with. And Mandalorian season two, October thirtieth. And Mandalorian season two just announced uh, that one was able to lucky for Disney plus was able to finish filming before the pandemic hit. So while they don't have those Marvel TV series that people were all very excited to watch on Disney plus the second half of the year, they will have the Mandalorian, which very smartly for Disney plus, they are going to be premiering just as those kind of one year free Verizon subscriptions that they, uh, the people who are uh, part of Verizon wireless are to be subscribing Mandalorian. Lauren season two is right there. So that's going to be a way to convince those people to stick around because, you know, once you get baby Yoda in your life, you know, you want him in there for good. So, uh, so true. So true. Well, yes. thank you so much, uh, Jason Lynch, TV editor for Adweek. Uh, you can check out all this stuff on Adweek.com. Always great to have you on to, to get caught up on all things TV. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks, guys. And Co, thank you, as always, uh, for co-hosting and sharing your insights. And uh, be sure to follow her on Twitter at CoMTV and every other social platform where she is. Uh, it's always great to, to get to chat with you, Co. Yes. 
and what we're looking forward to brand week. Thanks again, Jason. Yeah. All right. Um, our theme music is by Home. This week's episode was produced by Coem and edited by Lane McGibney. Uh, if you'd like, you can drop us an email at podcast at adweek.com. That's podcast at adweek.com. If you haven't already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner, and we will be back next week. 